it, different things apply to different families in different contexts. But I remember thinking, what's more important, the the story of the man that once existed, or the record of the story of the man that once existed? Because he has a family to carry that story on. Mm. Like, which one is actually more important? And I get the my the way I answer that is neither is more important. They're equally as important. The, the the masculinity as it exists to establish a thing and the femininity as it exists to nurture and co complete the establishment of that. Good afternoon, everyone. I am so happy that you've joined, uh, joined me for this episode. I'm going to be interviewing Six Foot Seven Podcast, Chris Crutchfield. This is so exciting. He has probably the best energy I've ever met anyone online to have. Uh, so if you're joining me on this live, you're in for a treat. So let me go ahead and invite, in, invite him in. This is exciting. There he is. Get him in here. There's my guy. What's going on? What's going on? How you doing? Oh, dude, your your energy is so refreshing. Thanks, man. It's like it's like it's like. Hey, look, and there's uh, Essie, S A S A S A S A Morales, Eastside. Isa, oh Isa, you're picking it out, old oh, man. <laughs> uh, yeah, we were actually just talking about you a little bit. I was uh, DMing him back and forth, and he's like, "Man, I love that dude." And I'm like, "Yeah, his energy, dude. You can't can't beat it." Isa's cool, you know. He he, I consider him a new friend now. He uh, reached out to me. The story of how we first met in our first conversation is pretty crazy. Okay, now you got just let's go ahead and share it real quick because I want to before we get in. So I'm in Florida on vacation. I'm back on the East Coast now. Got the heck up out of LA with quickness, and I posted the um, three big lines video. And it's about five thirty six in the morning. I'm a complete night owl, so I'm headed to bed, and I see this message pop. I'm like, Eastside, like I know that name. Who is this? So I go to look at my message request, and he's like, Brother, I had to find out who was the person who made this video. You know you use my voice in your video. I'm like, what? Did I? He's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You used my voice for a clip when you showed uh, the Carrie Mullis uh, interview. He's like, I was the person who facilitated that panel back in 95 with Dr. Wow. I'm like, what? Like, we got to talk. So this is at like 5 a.m. I'm in a hotel. My wife and baby and mother are actually sleep around the other side of the little partition. So I'm trying to be quiet. So I sneak out in the hallway. And for the next three and a half hours, he's in London. I'm in Florida. And we're talking just about everything. Los Angeles, entertainment, Dr. Mullis, you know, viral isolation anomalies, all kinds <laughs> of stuff. This brother is really, really smart. Now, I saw him, the most recent memory I have of him is getting his face blasted all the way off in um, 
uh, Ozark. Mm, yes. <laughs> and I'm like, you're the dude who got blasted the smithereens in Ozark. And we just, it was like an instant brother brotherhood almost because it was just a, such a, we just had so much in common and so much ground we had already covered. And, you know, we get to talking about, um, you know, Del Bigtree. And he's like, oh, yeah, you know Del Bigtree? Hey, that's a buddy of mine. Like, what? He's like, oh, yeah, you know, I was at Andy Wakefield House. And I was watching this movie. And I'm like, excuse me? Like, <laughs> so he, we just kind of hit the ground running. And ever since then. <laughs> yeah, he's right there. <laughs> ever since then, it's just been really, really cool. Uh, Man, that's been a tremendous ride these last couple months to be honest but i've made some really good friends you know at that you know that's, we're gonna get into that but um I, I agree i think this a lot of people talk about 2020 as being like the worst year ever and i'm like what it was the best year ever it connected me with so many like-minded individuals around the world that i would never think i'd be connected with uh you know and just and just aligning with and resonating with and mm -hmm. and i'm i'm super grateful uh, and i'm yeah, sure cool. you are as well absolutely so you know, and they're so proud of both of you guys. Thank you, sir. Thank, Thank you. you. Don't get your face blasted off of Mission Impossible. <laughs> right? Yeah, Mission Impossible Seven. Right? He's he's, he's in that. Yeah, that's awesome. Mm -hmm. So he's cool. literally in England right now filming. Oh, that's Don't so say awesome. too much to see so Tom won't get too mad at you. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. I love Truth these is little. Colin is here. What's up, Truth? This is Colin. I love Everybody, it. Emerald Lizard, Space Shaman. This is so, so good. How are you today, by the way, Otto? I'm doing good, man. I mean, you know, uh, you, you posted on your story yet last night about our, our meeting this morning. I've, mm -hmm. I literally had the best night just thinking about, like, this morning. So looking forward to it just made me – gave me energy. So I'm doing good. great. I'm doing great. Yeah, I'm, me too. I'm high me flying too. right now. Yeah, me too. <laughs> me too. Cool. But, um, yeah, I just – you know, I, I love connecting with people on these, on these uh, lives and just getting to know them on a deeper level. I mm – -hmm. I, forgot how I, I came across your account. Somebody reposted you and I'm, I'm like, who's this guy? I, I like the way he talks. <laughs> I, like, I like the way he breaks it down. And, uh, and I've been following you ever since and I just love your perspective. I love your energy, like I said. And so tell me about you. Tell me about your journey in life towards this moment, how you got to this moment. And I like to ask this question, what was that red pill moment for you? What was the moment that really opened your eyes to this reality? And you can go far back as you like. Hmm. So me, Chris is, I'm 36 now. And I was born in Charlotte, North Carolina and raised here. But I, I decided around 2010, I was going to go to California. I sow my wild oats, but sow my mediumly crazed oats. <laughs> and... I grew up very, I would say, split right down the middle between right-brained and left-brained. So I was very much theater kid, you know. I didn't do too many instruments until later, until I was about 18, you know, a little, you know, when I was in college. But at the same time, I wanted to be a computer science major. And I had all kinds of, you know, statistical and analytical quality. But at the same time, I liked expression in terms of artistic expression. So I kind of didn't, initially I knew, I thought that I wanted to go to school for computer science to be a software programmer. And I realized about halfway in that this is boring and I don't want to just sit at a computer all day, even though I said that computer is all <laughs> <my> <laughs> But 
I decided to parlay my technical prowess, if you will, into technical art, like digital art through editing, motion graphics, directing eventually. And all of that stemmed from being on stage and on set first as an actor before all the growth spurts kicked in and I was just the anomaly, like, oh, all y'all co-stars are really tiny. I can't, <laughs> can't see out of eye with none of y'all. <laughs> Literally. Literally, zero <laughs> percent. So I parlayed and kind of moved a little bit more behind the camera. And that's really what took off. And 2010 is when I first moved out to California. And fortunately, I had a pretty good run. I had a buddy who worked at Sony at the time, who I knew from high school, who connected me with the production company that was doing some work for Google at the time. And that led me to being able to, I mean, that one production company partnership, I probably did 15 or 16 spots for Google, big stuff for Verizon, all kinds of stuff. And it, I remember that, um, that was when I first learned that's when I first started to collect the evidence that would later transpire into um, the arsenal, the quivers that I needed to apply what I was reading mm. about the research stuff to what really goes on. A good example of that is one of the commercials I did was for Google Ventures. I don't know if people know that Google has a venture capital arm and one of the companies that they were sponsoring was 23andMe. And so we were in the headquarters of 23andMe. I'm talking to Anne. I remember being like, you married to the CEO of Google? Like, how does Google, what does Google have to do with, with health? Genetics? With <laughs> health genetics. and genetic sequencing. <laughs> and how odd is it that, like, you, his wife, like, I mean, it, it, she was nice. It wasn't like an, a bad experience. I just remember being, like, a head scratcher the whole time. And I later learned, five or so years later, oh, I get what's going Dots on. Dots connecting. Yep. Got it. And some of the other companies that we had done the commercials for were um, Climate Change, climate, the Climate Corporation, um, three or four biotech companies, um, Troy Carter, who was Lady Gaga's manager at the time. And I had already done two or so projects with Gaga. But it was just kind of uh, 2010 to 2015. 14 was when my career was like, dun, da, 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 da. and then 2014, it was like, I'm flying. Oh, wait. Oh, wait. Ah. <laughs> Crash and burn. What happened? A, a series of unfortunate events that turned out to be very fortunate because it was. It, always is. Always it was. It was. It started with uh, someone I was dating at the time who was English, um, basically working for a. She was on a B, I think they call it a B1 visa. I forget the name of the visa, but it's the one that everybody wants because you can apply for it once and it's good for a very long time, so long as your employer is still in the States. And her employer, who makes movies, uh, went overseas. And so she went overseas because she was his nanny. And that turned into an immediate long-distance relationship, which kind of was like, oh, wait, hold on now. Like, we cool, but like, I don't... Like, this is tough all of a sudden. And then a series of work things pulled out from under the rug from underneath me. And then I got sick. I, I never get sick, but I ended up in the hospital. And I remember it was just that. Plus, um, I ended up, I was living in this pretty large house in L.A. in the Valley. 
I mean, you 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 hit in L.A., so we know about this, but L.A. rent is crazy. Unless it's five dudes and y'all rent a five-bedroom house. <laughs> then y'all can yeah. split, like, 4000 a month rent, and everybody's paying less than $1,000 a month, which is actually great being, like, a massive mansion. Yeah. Uh, 4000 or something like that square feet. But a handful of the roommates at the time fell on some hard times, and I ended up absor- absorbing some of that financial responsibility. So when work... So when work goes this way and money is going this way and outlook and happiness and, you know, breakups are always tough. We ended up separating um, early summer of that year. It was just kind of all the things that just made me go, I need to stop. Like, I don't have, I'm tired. I've been grinding and I've been proud of the grind, but I'm exhausted. I'd just rather sit at home. And 2015, the top of 2015 was when I first Crack the shell on. Oh, there is something going on. This Illuminati, or how you know people refer to it in multiple different ways, but that's when I really began the research uh, from a documentary that my dad had sent me. And I remember being like watching that documentary and going, "I know some of these people in the stock." And I, while most people will look at this and go, "Oh, well, this is just conspiracy theory," who really knows? I was able to be like, no, no, no. I think this thing is on to something because I was in this dude's house. And, like, I know some things that most people don't know. And that's really what spurred me to keep searching. And uh, that also was the year that I met my wife. So it was met my girlfriend at the time, which later became my wife. So that's what really triggered me just simmering, turning the burner all the way down to simmer. I mean, I probably went 18 hours a day every day up until that point until I just stopped. I was like, I don't want to work. I'm like deferring all my jobs. I, I probably did five videos the whole 2015 and just kind of read. And from 2015, 2016, 2017, all I did was really? This is crazy. This is going on. This is, people need to know about One right? rabbit hole, the other rabbit hole, going to another rabbit hole. I was a rabbit. I was, what's up, doctor? For real. <laughs> Because it was it was crazy, and for me, it was just obvious because I had spent time around and in the in the situation of some mm-hmm. of these things that just helped me know. Okay, you know, there, there's something there's something up, and that's when it really turned. And so, from I'd say from 2015 on, and unfortunately, my wife was just as much into the research as I was and she was kind of turning and learning and I was turning and learning so it was just the perfect time for me to go okay I'm turning my phone off I'm going into hibernation mode I got all these books and articles I got a thousand tabs open across 17 browser windows I'm just I ain't want to talk to none of y'all when she's from Sweden so I went to Sweden for several weeks you know a couple months It, it was just kind of a get me out of here moment and that's really what I think did it. And I tell that to people all the time. I go, I'm no, I'm smart, but I'm no like smarter than the average bear. I think, I think what I am is just fortunate enough to have had three whole years where I went from rich to broke, but learned a lot at the same time because I just let my busyness go. And it's the busyness that prevents so many people from following up on the links you send them or you know, getting into anything really in detail, cross-referencing something, or like I'm sure you know, just reading something and like taking a day to just walk and think. To process and it, right? Process. Yeah. Let it sit yeah. in the nervous system, test the belief system. 
Correct, correct. And that's I'm usually, also very usually like a bounce, right? Oh, absolutely, absolutely. And I'm also very spiritual in this regard. So it was a lot of prayer, and I'm thinking, you know, God, please, you know, I, you know, I'm not. My aim isn't to offend you or to piss you off or to like ignore you, but I, I really need to make sense of of what I'm dealing with. And that those 2015, 2016, 2017 were the years that I really turned the tide. So by the time 2020 came. I was like, oh, no, okay. (laughs) I can read y'all's number up, down, left, and right. I know that this is not the truth that we're being. We've been lied to about simpler things other than the deadliest virus on earth. So I just knew that something was fishy, and that's kind of what started it. That's really what that, that 2015 moment of me seeing that documentary, having um, personally been connected to some of the people and just you know locations and i remember the documentary talked about um the laurel canyon uh compound the famous laurel canyon and i remember the ex who i dated prior was working for a very famous celebrity who lived on mulholland and so i spent almost every day driving past that compound to go Mm -hmm. visit i'm like i I, like i like literally it's right there this is crazy. So yeah, you know it's funny. I've because I, I I have a very similar story. I was I got to LA in 2014, 2015, and I lived there for about five years. And then it was just yeah five six years now. So it was just this last May that I moved to Arizona. But I I also kind of got involved and got to know a lot of people in the industry. And you hear things and you see things. And so you, you know, having like that firsthand experience and then, and then going through the research and reading it yourself, it's like, it's, it's a lot of, a lot of the people that I um, resonated with in that process were people in production, people in, you know, that were in the background. So uh, yeah. Cause it's the perspective. Yeah. You posted a, a um, story yesterday, I think it was you, that was a, uh, it was like a, a, a graphic image in the middle, and it said, "This is true. This is true. This is true." Yeah, that was me. <laughs> and then truth is, you are here. <laughs> exactly. This that's the be- that's such a great reference to what's really up because people in production they get they get the perspective. You know, I gave an um, analogy before that perspective is really more important than. And like I, I can't say experience because that's not necessarily true, but perspective is just an undervalued quality. Mm-hmm. If, if you're standing on an oil rig and you're 100 miles out and you look at your oil rig and you see a tsunami coming, and you call me like, "Yo, Chris, there's a tsunami coming." I'm like, "I don't know, yeah." I'm like, "I don't see one over here. There's no tsunami on the weather." I mean, wouldn't that be on the news or something like that? Your perspective on that oil rig is the only thing that qualifies you to know that, right? Who cares if you went to work for NOAA or you, you know, a meteorologist or any of that stuff? The fact that you're standing where you're standing is the only reason you're able to empirically say, yo, there is a tsunami coming. And production assistants and DITs and second assistant directors and wardrobe, these people stand in a unique place to be able to be like, <laughs> I don't know if y'all can believe me, but some of the stuff I saw on set today. <laughs> and to, I mean, to build on that, it's um, it's also just like you know, I, I, you've been on movie sets, so you know, like you're there for two hours to film up 
two minute scene, right? A five minute scene when it gets edited. And so you see what is that, especially people in reality TV, I've, I've interviewed um, Siggy Flicker and uh, um, uh, uh, Leanne Brown from, from uh, uh, Housewives of, uh, yeah. Uh, the one in, overseas. I forget which it's one. in the UK, I forgot the name of the yeah. city. But, uh, <laughs> yeah. but, but you know, you, you, you experience a, a four hour argument or something that's happening for like three, four hours and then they, they cut it all down to two minutes I mean, just that aware, just that perspective alone is like, whoa, this is not real. <laughs> it's right. you very quickly jump to to that perspective and seeing it like, oh, they're they're editing this, they're editing this reality in a right. way to fit something. Absolutely. And the other thing that I feel is quite unique is that the people who work in that industry, the longer you work in it, the harder it is to relate to people who don't understand oh. that this is edited. So when you're like, whatever, it's just make-believe is TV. People, I'm always like, I mean, yes, but like, consider the fact that everybody watching this literally thinks that this person hates this person and that they're really beefing and that this, this fight was presented or took place just as it was presented, which clearly is simply not the case. And nothing, and nothing is by accident. I mean, every little thing. Production is, is very detailed. People yeah, it's meant to look uh like it is in the moment or happens in the moment but man those they fine-tune that that stuff so much that so much. they do all the frankincensing that's what they call it when you take multiple moments and you stitch together a sentence from and and before you take this word here and cut away so you can't see the mouth is all disconnected as an editor i can always hear it i'm like okay adr okay frankincense but the average person just doesn't know. So the, wor right. the worst is when they reverse they reverse a, a movement. Oh right, yeah, exactly. <laughs> like to look like like whoa, like like it's like it's a reaction. <laughs> it's like oh right, god, exactly. it's like nails on a chalkboard for me. Right, totally. but um, yeah, I, you know I, I agree. I, I think the it's all about perspective. And one thing that's very difficult for most people to do is take in the perspectives without bias, without mm -hmm. their own belief system coming in front. And, and filtering it the way that feels right and feels familiar. Mm -hmm. okay. I think you're, you're breaking up there. Uh-oh, am I? There you are, okay, you're back. I okay, saw, the, I saw the, the death spiral. <laughs> happened uh -oh, with this hold on, let me do this. I'm going to uh, take some of my gadgets off my Wi-Fi to free up my- Oh, it's taking up the, uh, the bandwidth? Yeah. That does happen. It does. Um, <laughs> Yeah, you know, and like uh, as I was saying, it's just uh, it is it is it is important to take in all perspectives without bias, or else you're just going to be stuck in this in your beliefs. You're going to be stuck in the habitual thinking, and not and not really allowing yourself to grow and expand to other possibilities. And and it really is layered, man. It's there's so many layers to this reality that that that's why I say question everything in the sense of like question how you feel about things. Because there's going to be a layer you're going to get to, and you're like, nah, that's impossible, man. And it's like, ooh, that, ooh, why? Why do you think it's impossible? Right, exactly. <laughs> impossible on opposite thing? You know? <laughs> so, yeah, you're right. Totally. Um, so, question. Uh, you know, 2020 was insane. Mm -hmm. It was uh, definitely, definitely a lot of volatility, a lot of, just a lot of changes happening. Uh, you know, you mentioned that, leading up to 2020, you had, you went down a lot of rabbit holes. And so there's a process to that of like allowing yourself to, to grow and to, and to expand into those possibilities. 
what was the moment for you that shifted? Was it 2020? What, what was the moment for you that gave you the strength to start speaking out, to start going like, ooh, I got I to gotta tell people. This is, I can't just sit back anymore. That was, I will give all credit where credit is due to my beautiful esposa, my wife. She probably since 2015, babe, you need to make a podcast. Like, yeah, okay, maybe. No, you really need to talk to me about what you know. Like, I just felt for the long time, for the longest time, I'm still a student. I don't need to be a teacher right now. I'm, I'm learning these things, and I don't want to be irresponsible with speaking about things that I'm just figuring out this morning and then talking about this afternoon. And so she egged me on multiple, because I would talk what, about what I knew to people face-to-face -face or on phone calls. All my close friends could tell you, me and Chris would talk for hours about the things he was like. <laughs> but I never wanted to speak publicly yet at the time because I just was very much worried that I would mislead. And I didn't want to mislead. And I didn't want to kind of like gas up support for a, I don't want to say for a controlled opposition, but I didn't want to just misdirect people as to where their focus and energy and just... Um, attention should be so I didn't speak up for the longest time until pretty much 2020 and it was one conversation that I had with a, a mastering engineer friend of mine uh, Danny in, in Los Angeles who he had asked me about Jeff Bezos he was like what are your thoughts on Jeff Bezos let's talk about Jeff Bezos so you I, got a day you got 24 hours let's talk exactly, about it right? it was literally like a two and a half hour voice memo or something so I recorded this whole voice memo and I was listening back to it and I'm like, you know, this would actually make a pretty good podcast, I think. And I let my wife hear and she's like, uh, yes, I've been telling you this for three and a half years. Can you please do something? I'm like, okay, okay, okay. And so that's really what kicked it off to get me speaking out was this kind of just restlessness. I was like, ah, nobody is saying enough. And, and the other thing that got me to start speaking out was that I started doing a lot of research more recently with a channel that I really respect called The Last American Vagabond. Um, and I loved Ryan's approach to everything. And I just remember thinking, everybody needs to watch this, but if all the shows are like three and a half hours. And unless you have a little bit of a beginning knowledge, you're not really going to get the, the depth of some of the things that he's saying. If he's like, look at this meta-analysis, you know, they, they come up with these meta-analysis that try to say that, you know, masks work, but we've got 10 RCTs over here that say they don't. Unless you know the difference between an RCT and a meta-analysis and the weight of what an RCT should represent, you don't understand, like, why what he's saying is important. And so I said, there's a, there's a gap. There's, there, there's, like, there needs to be incredibly factual information which is what the t-lab presents on a daily almost basis but it needs to be simplified so much that people can just it needs to have a lipid nanoparticle wrapped around it so that it can sneak past your defense systems <laughs> and you can people can ingest this to um to to basically understand it because my whole thing is there ain't no real point in really preaching to the choir. I mean, I love all the support that we get from the community of people who are awake already, but my heart goes out to the aunts and uncles and cousins and next-door neighbors who aren't. And they're not going to listen to no four-hour 
science lesson, more or less, but they will listen to a little bit of jokes and a little bit of color and a little bit of spice while also presenting some factual details. And so I said, maybe I can just do this. And my wife was like, just be yourself, Chris. You're silly, you're goofy, you're smart, just be you. And I'm like, okay, okay. okay. So I really owe it to her uh, as to the reason why I'm actually here today talking to you. And, and the and vaccine I, video was the, I mean, the jab, sorry. Yeah, yeah, I was listening. Doorbell, I don't know. That video was the one that I was so almost like my gut was uncomfortable with prior to um, releasing it. Not, not, not because I was scared to, but because I'm, you know, in my world, we ain't in the pandemic. You know, I'm walking around wearing no mask in the store, nothing like that. That's part of why I believe LA in order to be able to live in this way. And it hit me come December, January, that people are like taking this thing and that most people don't, really understand the implications so I feel like I have to say something and I dragged my feet for a good week on that and when I finally sat down to do it and said it it just flowed out I didn't practice that and rehearse that I didn't I edited it but really just to take the gaps out mm-hmm. and just truncate it and that's kind of what really was like and that was in January and here we are in April and it's just been a pretty cool ride to up to this point i started the podcast back in august and some of the things that i discussed were quite you know interesting i'm, I'm definitely going to get back into that conversation but when this whole medical intervention took off i just realized for the first time ever the entire world is talking about the exact same thing mm. that's i don't think that that's ever been the case if you have a podcast you have a zillion options of niche subject matter to speak on but there has never been a time in history, as far as I can tell, where the whole world is dealing with the exact same imminent concern. And that's really what, um, what led to today. Yeah, I, I, you know, you said it, man. You, you found that middle niche, this little gap, which is what you're bridging now. You're creating this uh, connection between you know, the, the, the choir, the people that are like, this is insane, everybody run! <laughs> to the people who are just still embedded in the system and still, you know, and they're, they're doing it out of like, if you don't do it, you don't, you hate people. <laughs> you know? like, is that, is that, <laughs> is that right? Is that, is that the case? Do I hate? Do you know me? Like, ask anybody in you who's ever met me if I have hate in my heart whatsoever. Yeah. Yeah. It, you, you, thank you for saying that because that was really, I mean, what do they say? Out of invention is born out of necessity. I just really saw this need for there to be some significantly simplified, but scientifically sound presentation of the facts and then make whatever decision you want to make. But just, I mean, I pretty much know what decision you'll make if you know all the facts. But you know, make whatever decision you feel like is necessary for you to do. Just, uh, you know, just I understand production. I understand the one-sidedness that the media can present. And I just remember thinking, this is, this is, a, this is, this is, this is poised to be catastrophic still. But if I don't at least do my part to be fishers of men and, like, literally try to rope people who wouldn't otherwise get it then I don't know what I'm even here for. 
And mm-hmm. fortunately, I've had so many people reach out and be like, yo, my, I showed my mom your video and she canceled her appointment. You know, my wow. on his way. My Even my cousin said he showed his employer your video and it postponed their department being having it being mandatory and all kinds of great feedback. And I'm, th- I'm like, thank you. Even if it was just one person, I, it, it was worth it to me. That's amazing. Uh, and, and that's the impact, man. That's, that's what you're doing. You're making, you know, and, I, and I've been recently re-interviewing because I started, I started interviewing people that were just, you know, complete because what happened in 2020, it created two different types of people. The ones that are like, I'm out, take me away from this matrix. And then the ones that because of the fear just embedded them harder into the, the reality or that reality. Mm-hmm. Um, but recently I've, I've interviewed more people that are trying to bridge that gap mm-hmm. and I'm getting inspired myself um, uh, to adjust the way that I'm doing the interviews and the ways that I'm approaching it to be that. And it really is, it's like a love based way of approaching it, not be, okay. because it, it seems like there's these two sides, like you're pro something, you're anti something. It's like, does it matter? Right. I think, and- I think what Matt, yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead. Doesn't no, I was going to say, well, I think what matters is, is just being okay with whatever it is that you believe, as long as you have the information. And, right. that, and that approach is that, you know, is that right. important, important way to approach it is what's unique. But go ahead. I also think that the um, social engineering is centered around the hyperbolization of two extremes. And a good, what really um, uh, tipped me off to that was the whole pro-choice, pro-life situation i keep in mind i'm from charlotte north carolina grew up christian school christian upbringing and then moved to california for 10 years so you get presented with these two opposing realities of people who you respect on both sides of the fence and then i realized wait hold on the opposite of choice is not life and the opposite of life is not choice the opposite of choice is law rule or mandate or whatever and the opposite of uh, life is death so what if you fully believe that women should have the ability to make whatever choice they do with their body. However, murdering life is wrong. Or, you know, you're like, at what point, what, what does that make you at this time? And then mm-hmm. I realized they, they're tipping the, the scales for people. They're having people, they're setting up a UFC ring or a boxing ring with gloves that are made of rocks and and marshmallow. One glove is made of rock. It's <laughs> a good one. I love that. <laughs> the, the, the actual floor is like this. So it's an unfair conversation when you hop in the inside using their terms. And this is where all this anti-vax or anti-math is like, well, hold on. I, I didn't know about all this, you know, jab stuff until really the last five years. And I had had all of my jabs up until this point. Fortunately, I'm fine. But like, what does that make me? I'm, you know, at what point do you feel like using a risk um, benefit analysis on each individual situation is a different thing? Right. You know, I heard Dr. Um, Judy M who I probably shouldn't say live yeah. <laughs> say, you know, I'm not anti V I'm just like pro, you know, <laughs> informed consent. And she was basically explaining that the rabies, she said rabies, the, the, the V for that is very much non-controversial and has a, it's been on the market for years, right? And the chances of you surviving if you catch rabies is not 99.9% <laughs> if you know what I mean. So 
I'm not sitting here trying to suggest people go get some rabies shot. I'm just saying you can have that in your mind and then at the same time evaluate a different shot that has a much shorter track record or not no track record track record, what track record whatsoever as well as a disease that has a 99% survival rate and make your two decisions independent of the titles that they've given everybody to say and that's really what tipped me off it's like oh you know that's a good point like anytime we really take their title and put that hat on and say i am of this now what you're doing is you're leaving it up to the listener whoever it is you're talking to to make pre-assumptions about you and your opinions mm. and your research and your position and your scientific understanding based on their news channel, which channel they happen to watch, mm -hmm. who happens to live, who happens to be in their ear talking about things. Oh, that's just an anti-masker, da, da, da. Like, okay, I don't call myself that because that's their term. I, mm -hmm. I, I wasn't wearing a mask last year or two years ago, and I wasn't an anti-masker then, you know what I'm saying? So I don't want to, I don't, I, I personally feel it's important not to use the terms that they set up in the arena that they have tipped the scales for ahead of time for the truth to lose. And I try to transcend, if you will, above all that and just kind of go, I'm Chris, I'm a person. I don't apply superfluous titles to myself, but especially ones that have such a drip, such a heavy baggage associated with them in terms of people making assumptions about you before they even know who you are, before they even know what you smell like, what you look like, how you talk, or anything like that. And this is where I think we retain some of the power with the side of people who don't really know what they think about this yet or who are operating in fear. All the woke folk get it. We, I like them because we can talk all day and we can have a good old time. But I'm out here trying to really educate the people who just don't know what they don't know. They just don't know what they don't know. And they're not stupid because, look, I didn't know some of this stuff. And I was, like, in the 23andMe headquarters. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. I was, like, in the mix to a certain degree. And I just realized, oh, I was busy. I didn't have the time to stop and really look into this. And that's the case for most people. I ain't had kids at the time. So I can't imagine if you got two, three, four, five kids, little babies, kids running around, if you're a single parent, like, I have a supportive at-home wife and one child, and I can barely find the time <laughs> to clip my toenails and wash my butt. So I don't even know how people do it. It's just a supernatural thing that we all come to the truth, I believe. And I just think that the we, we set ourselves up for failure the moment we begin to take their terms and apply them to us. Mm -hmm. I love that. I think you, you hit the nail on the head when it comes to the division that's happening right now that's being literally manufactured. It's like uh, you, you said it, uh, you know, uh, with, with uh, Judy, Judy, Judy M, that, you know, it, we want <clears throat> um, informed consent. <laughs> that's it. We just want to know the information so that we can decide ourselves what we want to do with our sovereign body. Right. And a lot of people, and I, and I think we can agree, a lot of people don't, are not aware of this, but people that are in production or in movies are, is that they manufacture consent constantly through what we watch in the movies, through what we see in the news, news channels. And, and unbeknownst to the majority, they are literally giving away that power, giving away that sovereignty to somebody else to decide what to do with their body. Mm. Absolutely. And it's... And it's sad because 
is such a rushed decision, I feel like. And obviously, this is all by design. But the, you're asking mm -hmm. people to make a choice that might have germline, genetic germline consequences that nobody really knows if they will or won't. I mean, I think some people do know. But, like, you know, publicly speaking, we don't technically really know. And it's all this hyper rush. It's like, make a decision right now. You sign this piece of paper right here. Here you go. Fear, fear. Hold on. It's like fear will drive the action. And if the more pressure you put on the person to make that choice, it, 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 it keeps that, that um, tension. And then, and then they remember the fear. Like, oh, I might die. And yeah. Absolutely. And that was, to be honest, the inspiration behind the Three Big Lies video. Uh, mm -hmm. The other one I did that got fact-checked because mm – -hmm. I remember thinking people, the only reason people are making the choice now to take this jib jab or not is because they legitimately haven't been made aware that the threat itself isn't as threatening as they presented it to be. Mm -hmm. So if people realize, oh, okay, I can, I have a moment to really wait a few months and see how this is playing out or take a couple afternoons and read a, you know, a clinical trial or, you know, read a report about a clinical trial or anything like that. And they realize that the, the, the threat isn't as imminent, then I think people have a little bit more of a window to make an informed consent or, mm -hmm. like, you know, or, or informed rejection. <laughs> but I think that um, the threat being such a, a misalignment is the underpinning by which the fear is really has its like, it's the grease, I think that is moving the engine of fear forward because it's it's all this like if you don't do this right now i mean that's how it all first started right Five hundred thousand people gonna die we're gonna shut down right now yeah like okay. why <laughs> why like according to which computer like you know like who according like when is that ever like and my whole thing logically was like okay so let me get this straight someone ate a bat in china and like <laughs> Like, did people just start eating bats last December? Like, if this was such a possibility, how come, you know, China, as old as that, you know, landmass is, hasn't encountered this before? You know, it just was all these, like, hold on type questions. Like, well, hold on, hold on, hold on. Let me get this straight. Because y'all are sitting here telling us that, 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 my, that these children have to change their entire high school trajectories. You know, I talk a lot with... Um, my father is a, a college tennis coach, and two good friends of mine are high school basketball coaches. And just hearing from them the amount of logistical, like, nonsense. I was just out playing with my daughter out in the park the other day, and our, one of our neighbors, I, I had met her before, but I never realized she was the assistant principal of a big, pretty big school here. And she was just telling me from her perspective of stuff she's dealing with. And I'm thinking... All this because some guy that ate a bat in China, like y'all really out here? Like, does anybody realize how much of a movie this sounds like? This doesn't sound like this doesn't contagion sound... or something. You know, that movie contagion. Exactly. It's like exactly. they're literally playing this scene by scene as it happens. And don't get me wrong, the songbird thing. You familiar with this? Oh my gosh, yes. I remember. <laughs> you know, are you familiar with the production cycle around the, the alleged production cycle around songbird? Of when it when it was actually filmed? Well, I don't even know when it was filmed. Just when they claimed 
it was filmed and when they claimed all the production guys. I've heard I've like, heard rumors, but what's what's your take on August? It? Well, I remember it was like August or September or so of last year, and that's when I first started seeing the trailers for this. And I'm like, okay, a Michael Bay production. Now, I'm not BFFs with Michael Bay, but I have a good friend who is. I was a part of a team back in 2013 that did the Doritos Super Bowl mm. commercial, and we won. I did the editing graphics for it, but really, yeah, I know exactly what you're talking about. Interesting. Yeah, it was the one with the little girl and her dad dressed yeah. up as as a little princess. And his prize that year was going to film Transformers, so he spends a lot of time on the set of um, Transformers, and he's telling me how Michael Bay works, which is very unique. Most directors have whole shot lists and they have um, location scouts that do all this pre-planning. Michael Bay isn't like that. He wakes up and it's like, ah. It's Saturday. I feel like filming a fight scene. And he just scouts that morning with the scene he's trying to shoot that day. And I'm like, that seems Jeez. cool, but like how does he how does he command like hundred million dollar sets? He was like, Bro, his brother's got chefs getting paid twenty five hundred dollars to make him special milkshakes <laughs> because he needs this one milkshake to get them. I'm thinking, okay. So Michael Bay produces Songbird, but according to the Wikipedia entry, they started the discussions in May. It's August, and I'm watching the trailer. They wow. began the discussions in May. I'm like, oh, okay. I've never seen. I've never seen that that fast of anything. Not even like yeah. a not even a not short even reality TV is really yeah. that fast in the product post production cycle. But from scripting and rewrites and funding and distribution and you know, Isa, I'm sure can speak to all this. All the different logistics that go into making an actual film for you to like spark the idea two months into the pandemic and then have a completely filmed edited vfx heavy you know movie color graded adr sound design reshoots all this stuff score all this stuff. during a pandemic, during a pandemic <laughs> when the industry of question literally shut down that just I, i'm like y'all can fool them but y'all not fooling me this is just this clearly was two or three years in the making, if not more. And that's when I was really like, man, they're like, they're really pushing this. Like, there's a lot of money spent. It's the, all the money spent in the wrong place. The, the, I'll never forget the quote from the Moderna CMO, Tal Zach, when he's asked by the, I think, I don't know if it was by Peter Doshi himself, but it was by someone, it was being written about in the British Medical Journal. And he's asked, you know, does this stop infection or hospitalization? And Tal's answer was, we don't know. We don't we, we haven't gotten the funding to conduct a clinical study large enough to to determine that. So while it is our hope and it is something we plan on doing in the future, presently, we're just trying to see if it can reduce symptoms. The government, he literally says the government did not pay us enough to find this information out. And so I'm like, okay, so they funded Michael Bay movies. And we got Biden over here talking about a billion and a half dollar campaign to, you know, reduce jib-jab hesitancy. Mm -hmm. I'm like, can't we just take one billion of that billion and a half and give it to Tal and Moderna and just try to fix? I mean, like, all the money is just being funneled in the wrong location. And I have had the fortunate event of having a couple friends, one one friend, a couple people I've known since the diaper days uh, who were connected with uh, one with, with Bank of America and one with Wells Fargo, who have separately both told me of having personally eyewitnessed bank accounts that have north of 30 zeros in it, 80 zeros in it. 
Now, keep in mind, a trillion is nine zeros. So when I began to hear about this, I'm like, okay, got it. So money is money. Money is, yeah, it's, it's, an, it's, no, it's infinite yeah, it's for infinite. them. Exactly. There is no, like, one, they could have taken a quarter of one of them zeros. They had eight, you know, 29 zeros left over and funded the biggest clinical trial in the entire world, which didn't happen. And I just remember being like, okay, got it. So this is not about anything that they're projecting. And again, I already had these hunches going into this, but the more I'm starting to realize it, I'm like, look, if, 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 I, if we were in a hypothetical, let's say we went to the same high school, you and I, and our teacher is like, all right, Chris and Otto, you guys have to work tag team on this project, and you guys are going to simulate how to manage a crisis. And I realize that none of y'all are infectious disease specialists, y'all are just high schoolers, but let's just you know, try to minimize death and, and sickness and sadness and maximize life and, and, and economy Go with this exercise. If we had mimicked some of the behavior of the federal government and the National Institute of Allergies and Infectious Diseases, as well as the World Health Organization, we would have failed the test. Japan can't come out and say we had more, co more suicides last month than COVID deaths all last year. And some somebody's managing the situation, probably. You see what I mean? In a, mm -hmm. in a in a high school mock governmental situation, we would have gotten a B minus maybe on the test because we would not have maximized health and wellness over suffering. You know, which was really the simple, you know, point of us doing this whole exercise. So when I see, you know, millionaire career, forty plus year in the making, almost career scientists doctors fumbling this large it, it's not a mistake i don't, mm -hmm. I, don't I, I okay you might get them but i'm i realize what's happening this is not accidental you didn't go oh we we didn't really know what we were dealing with so when i told you that masks were superfluous and they might stop a droplet like you said that with smugness and with condescension in your tone so between that and everybody's got to wear one and now you got to wear two what change so drastically and why should i trust you now if you were so sure in your smugness not even a whole year ago now, it was like may of last year that you know people might people you know wearing a mask at this point just only makes you have the false idea of security that you have he said these words mm -hmm. and then he later comes out and he goes oh well we only said that because we were worried about a shortage it's like okay so you lied so so you didn't lie okay so you're lying now or you lied then. which one is it because either is a perception thing, and they might catch a droplet, and they really nobody needs to wear them, or you're lying now. Which one is it? And nobody seems to be able to, you know, be in a position to challenge him on this. The um, Emilio was like the closest one who was able to really do that with that interview, that I'm sure will be the last one of his kind. <laughs> so I'm sure the yeah. NIH is like, okay, we're vetting anybody who gets to stay yeah, yeah. 10 feet of this man with a question in the microphone. But I just, I look at it all like, this is a skit. This is marketing. And I know marketing. I know Hollywood. I'm learning more about, you know, recombinant DNA and these technological things. But I definitely know a campaign when I see one. I'm playing little children's videos for my daughter and, you know, get blank -sinated, you know, with blank in effect. I'm like, okay. Oh, God. Who's <laughs> Are you serious? 
where is this money coming from? How come that couldn't go to Tal and Moderna and them to figure out a bigger yeah. truck? Like, the, the, like, if this is such a good thing for me, why is it being sold so hard? Like, you know, a, a PlayStation 5 is, it does not, um, I, say, I say Emilio, Eugenio, yeah. A PlayStation 5 does not potentially alter my human genome, right? So if I decide to get one or not, in fact, PlayStation 5s are out, and I have to date not seen a PlayStation 5 commercial. I already know they're out, and if I, I don't play games like that, but if I did, I would just go to the store and get one, if I felt like I wanted to. Why? Because I have enough informed consent to know that PlayStation 4, 3, 2, and 1 didn't alter my you know, genetic information. There's not a giant history of Sony using black people as experiments with the PlayStations to, to know whether or not, you know, how to erase a whole species or a race rather from the whole from the planet so i don't have to worry about that to such a de decent degree and they out here pushing these jabs like it's just a playstation like <laughs> i was like who who is right can i speak to who's in charge here because somebody is lost their actual mind i don't know who it is but i just look at it all and i'm like okay and that's why I like uh, Dr. Campbell's approach to it with the memes. It's like, mm. okay, people already think they're smart. So the second you go, you're stupid and this is what you need to know, they turn you off. But the second you make them laugh, their defenses come down. And then the second you toss in a little bit of science along with it, especially in, in Dr. Campbell's case where he can couch the germ theory and the terrain theory together, you're like, okay, now that makes sense. And again, we're talking about polarization and hyperbole. So you find people exclusively in one of these two camps, right? Germ mm -hmm. theory is real and frame theory is both. There is no such thing as viruses. It's only exosomes and et cetera, et cetera. It's like, I'm finding that like your little meme that you posted the other day, it's all, it's, there is always usually a third option. And that third option is almost usually the right one. And it's not usually ever the two that are getting the most noise in the public space. And I don't know why that is, but I just find that taking a second, sitting back, watching the tennis match of these two extremes, doing some research on the two extremes and going, okay, got it. Okay, now I can see why this obviously works from a capitalistic standpoint. Mm. Eating, Pr Protecting profits and power exactly. uh, will neglect health and safety. Exactly. You know, I, th I think you're pointing out a very big topic that it has been happening all over 2020 and now into 2021 even more, especially yesterday, uh, this cancel culture mentality. And, you know, really, uh, I even saw this um, interview with this. Uh, he was an ex-KGB, Yuri Bezmenov. Bre Bezmenov, yeah. Bezmenov or Bezmenov? Bezmenov. I think it's either Bezmenov or Bezmenov. But he talks about ideological subversion and indoctrination through through hollywood through you know the news like we've been discussing yep. but like it's i it's, loved that interview by the way it was really good yes yes oh, it was really really good um but yeah it just it just show, it, it just you, you have to question this now especially because it's it's become this normal thing to delete accounts and delete you know big accounts not small accounts i mean yesterday we had a huge purge of major uh, accounts of doctors, of, of DOs, of, of chiropractors that are, I mean, Dr. Brad Campbell, especially getting deleted. And, you know, this is modern day 
book burning. Book burning. Absolutely. You know, the, what are books but different perspectives for us to read and expand our own thinking? That's what these uh, social media accounts are. They're, mm -hmm. they're, they're ways of, of creating these visual pages in a book. Absolutely. And so, yeah, you have to question, what's the intention here? What, are, what is the direction that we're actually trying to go towards? And what's the end game, right? If, if you can say, if I can say, go and drink pine saw, that will cure your COVID. That's ridiculous, right? But that's not going to get nobody fact-checked or deleted. The second I say, try any one of the, we shall not name them on the live stream because they'll totally delete this. <laughs> yes. uh, actual prophylactics or treatments that hundreds of doctors, thousands of doctors around the world are using, that'll get you deleted. And it's like, okay, so we can tell, I can see that this is Fahrenheit 451, like literally gone live, but where's the end game until mm -hmm. nobody's allowed to question anything? Like, you know, thought police, thought police. Yeah. Thought, <laughs> I mean, if Elon and this whole neural network and all this stuff gets started, you're going to be like, listen, I want to think about this, but I can't think about it because I got it's, it's precogs, precogs, precogs. <laughs> It's so right. police. It's crazy. Now I want, I'm curious to know what your thoughts are on the not the censorship, but the reason for it in this uh, stage. Because most people default to money, but as someone who definitely know people who know people who got bank accounts bigger than names, I know how to say. I don't think it's money. So I want to know what you think it is. So why why are they why are they deleting the accounts? Well, why is there such um, why is there such a tremendous desire to push this out worldwide, despite all the scientific anomaly, and silence anybody who dare question specifically just this? On honestly, that's what I'm finding because the whole health freedom. I mean, HF. HFFH, HFFH, yeah. and their whole tree of everybody who's connected to them or anybody who's consulted with them or followed them or really interacted with them has, has, from what I can tell, come under fire specifically because of just this. Not because mm -hmm. of GMOs in general, not because of like any of the positive advice they give people on how to maintain health, but specifically regarding this. So without... Uh, you know, I can go down a very big rabbit hole with that, but to keep it summarized and not use certain words, you know, because uh, AI is listening. Uh, my theory is this, uh, and this is just based on my perspective, you know, mm -hmm. and all the dots I've connected. Mm -hmm. Once you once you realize that we're not just these meat suits, we're we are more than just this. We're emotional. We're spiritual. We're we're, we're we are light beings. We are vibrational high vibe beings beings totally you know uh if if money is infinite what is the next best thing right it's it's really protecting that the the power that they have mm -hmm. the, the 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 control that they have and um you know in, in the spectrum of reality you're either purging or you're consuming okay mm -hmm. and you can have power on both sides that's what I think is really important to, to be aware of. 
they've chosen and and and, and the consuming one is is a low vibe it's it's the one that's more destructive and you need to always be consuming to keep that power and mm -hmm. when i say power i don't just mean you know being at the top of the food chain i'm talking about like actual power right actual uh um you know call it magical power literally in this reality and and what we've lost sight of is the purging uh side of the spectrum which is when you when you let go of consuming when you let go of this this 3d reality and and look more inward and really try to take out all the junk that creates our ego mm -hmm. creates our darkness and start to try strive for you know the the interconnectedness and the compassion between each other that also has power. That actually has more power because you're vibrating at a natural frequency as opposed to the unnatural frequency, which destroys. That's why you, I don't know, a lot of these billionaires don't look very healthy to me. <laughs> Say, speak on it, my brother. Like, I, I know what health looks like, and it does not look like that. Uh, you know, I, I, doc, I mean, there's tons of doctors out there. You go like, I don't know if I'm going to listen to you right. about health. <laughs> I mean, Have the guy's rich. He's at it. He has a Ferrari, he's rich, he's got a huge house, but he's overweight, he's depressed. Yeah. And have you seen this meme about the, um, it was the California Department of Health, I think they had Lori Lightfoot in there, the Chicago mayor, and a couple of other people. And they're like, y'all, it was four people. It was like, the dude from Adam's family, this one, he's got the black eyes. Is like bleached from like head to toe, she's like bags under her eyes. Like this is health. These are the people we're taking help from. One lady was like 1,700 pounds. It was like, what? Where? <laughs> what, what are we doing? going on? <laughs> <laughs> um, so, to, so to finish the thought, uh, you know, I, I think the intention here is, is to suppress the, that high vibe side and mm. stop that from happening because okay. that, that energy that natural high vibrational energy will always overpower the lower mm -hmm. vibe mm -hmm. because with this comes, it's like the lion or lions, not sheep mentality, right? The lion, mm -hmm. the lion's the leader, man. You can't, you know, and in this reality that we live in, they can't come and just start jabbing, you know, just start like, ah, you did, you do. No, they have to like, there's a process to this. You have to consent. You have to allow it to happen. That's mm -hmm. just how the universe works. Mm -hmm. The universe does not do things to you without you allowing it. Mm -hmm. yeah. You know, and when I say allow, you got to disconnect from this like black mirror world universe that exists, you know, the TV and all that. We're talking about your immediate reality, your local, mm -hmm. your family, your community. Like unless somebody's walking in through your front door and sticking you, you're letting it happen. Right. And so they have to diminish. I think I saw this. Um, yeah, I saw this interview with this guy one time. And he said the, the way that you take over uh, a society or, a, 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 you know, a, a, a humanity is by getting rid of masculinity, true masculinity. And mm -hmm. when I say that, I'm not talking about men. I'm just talking about like the strength of owning your body and owning uh, your power and having the sovereignty of your body. That's like yeah. masculine energy, you know? Yeah. And you know, and I'm glad you brought this up because I was just thinking about this earlier this morning, how it's obvious that masculinity is under a targeted attack. Like, like, targeted. like trying to feminize men, you know, uh, giving him empowering. Uh, and it's funny because they're flipping it, right? So they're making the women more masculine, but and then they're like in female bodies. And so that, there's this confusion and 
chaos. <laughs> I don't know what to make of it. I haven't asked, is that a man or a woman, as much in the last few years as I've ever asked in my entire life. But I think that the inversion, I think that you bring a, you brought a good point up because I remember thinking that's another one of these, what I call false equivalency arguments. I grew up with a mother who took uh, who 43 years in the healthcare industry mm. and has now 180 from a lot of her prior beliefs, but um, she took a few years off when when she had me, which was the oldest of, of my three, of her three children, but she, she was one of five girls, all of whom are work professionals, black, black women working, and so my whole upbringing was strong black we run things you know and none of them were bossy and like you know on one so to speak they were all very much like smart astute articulate well uh educated and and successful women so i never really grew up with this world view of a glass ceiling as far as my family was concerned now of course i understand that this uh, different things apply to different families in different contexts but i remember thinking What's more important, the the story of the man that once existed or the record of the story of the man that once existed because he has a family to carry that story on? Mm. Like, which one is actually more important? And I get the, my, the way I answer that is neither is more important. They're equally as important. The, the, the masculinity as it exists to establish a thing and the femininity as it exists to nurture and co complete the establishment of that thing. Chicken versus egg. We can, we can toss several different anomalies at it, or sorry, uh, analogies at it. But if, if, if man exists and there is no woman to help man, to, to nurture man into a family, then what's the point of man existing to begin with? And because they have taken this and said, women, you've been subjected for too long. You need to become empowered. And again, I'm all for women feeling empowered, but I don't think that it's necessary for institutions to do that. That comes from yeah. the thing. That comes from the yes. spirit. That comes from y'all, I believe. And I Why are we giving away this power of decision to somebody else when like look inward and what do you think? Correct, correct. <laughs> Individually. And, and having having been brought up in a family with a working dad and a working mom and my mother cooked and supported us and my dad was the head of the household and it was very much a healthy home i do believe but i didn't have you know it just was so such a strange thing for me to become an adult and be like i'm pretty sure girls can do whatever they want to do like i haven't seen too <laughs> yeah. many examples of girls not being able to do what they want to do again individual anecdotal situations clearly exist but we're talking yeah. Black women in the South rising above it all and never once complaining and never being like, I'm standing for women. No, just studying, getting the grades, being the top of their class, getting the job, doing what they had to do, coming home, tossing the high heels off, putting the food on the stove and keeping it moving the next day. And it, it, like she didn't need any sort of like hashtag <laughs> to help her do that. Yeah. And I feel that the moment you introduce this new domain, because you talked about realms earlier, the screen, black mirror. Mm -hmm. When I learned, are you familiar with what a scrying mirror is? No. Divination. Yeah, so I'm not into witchcraft, divination, I'm not, none of that stuff. But when I began to learn about it, you, you see it sometimes in old Disney movies. It's like this oval mirror that's black. 
and they use these scrying mirrors, which unlike a normal mirror that reflects, a scrying mirror is literally jet black. It doesn't reflect you in it. It's a tool used to um, more or less call a spirit into the specific mirror and then have it be a specific portal entry for this. But Black Mirror series really highlights to me how these are little scrying mirrors that we, we're dealing with. I see what you're saying. Mm -hmm. And this new dimension called the internet, I believe, was created entirely so that the creators can manage the dimension that they create inside. Because the second you, like, if, if, if the EMP went off today, right, and everybody's technology stopped working, we all just went outside and talked to our neighbors for the first time. We would all be like, you not sick, you not sick, you not sick, none of us sick. Oh, wow. Like, we good. Like, I'm pretty sure you, you don't care if I don't wear my, okay, great. Like, nobody, like, the pandemic will be over like this. And so I find that this new dimension, I call it like a synthetic dimension that has been created whereby eventually they're hoping that your whole consciousness is, is entirely inside of it because there's an interface physically in your, your meat suit that mm -hmm. connects you through neural link or through, uh, you know, modified. This is a uh, this is uh, a trans transhumanism trying to get, trying to go towards that that route yeah. where we're yeah. we're so disconnected from our spiritual selves that we want to just stay in these bodies as long as possible. Correct. Yeah. And I just think that there is there is a a war at hand, but the mm -hmm. war is so undefined because we're talking. For, I mean, let's not let's not let it slip that. I'm in North Carolina, you're in Arizona. And when I talk, you literally hear me in a second. This is going wirelessly to my router, through a cable, around the corner to a DNS server, across town, through a fiber optic cable, across the whole country, more, more than likely through the Geneva CERN situation and then back around mm -hmm. <laughs> through your situation, most likely through Wi-Fi on your end. And this happens in less than a second. And then because I'm recording on my other phone, we're talking, it comes all the way back. <laughs> One, two, three, four. It's like 10 seconds probably between when I snap and when you'll see it on the screen, right? We're talking multiple round trips across, or on top of, underneath, or through the entire world. And this has been possible for years, since the iPhone 4, right? This isn't even like a new phenomenon. So because so few people truly, I believe, understand how unprecedented this season that we're living in is, I don't think they're able to see the warfare that's transpiring against the soul and the spirit of each individual, which is really the you part of you. And I know that you've spoken a lot about human consciousness and just the, the soul and the, the, the bigger context of who a person is outside of just their meat suit. And I really, you know, I was 14 when we got our first home personal computer. And that was, I, mean, I was already a teenager. So we're talking one generation from when my parents was playing in the outhouse, had to go to the outhouse at her grandma, my mom's uh, grandparents' house, to where her school had to deal with integration, right? Mm -hmm. To where I'm able to go and marry a Swedish person in Sweden and people treat me like a celebrity over there. Mm. Kobe Bryant? Like, yeah, better <laughs> give me a free sandwich. That's, that's so funny, yeah. And it's just all this whole, like, the, we, we've hit this parabolic change that has us asking 
who like what is life who is who i mean have you ever been to a funeral seen you ever been to a funeral yes maybe. okay so you've seen a relative a friend of somebody dead and you can see that that's uncle ray ray i think but it don't look like him he's not there no more but like right he's right there i can see him but it, it looks like a uh, uh, like a doll sometimes. A doll of him. Yeah. And I think that's because most people are not educated that who we're looking at. When I look into your eyes or my family members' eyes, my grandfather's eyes, that spiritual, energetic, frequency, vibratory connection is really the connection. The did I mean, AI is synthesizing all this using point dot matrices and like, you know, uh, digital means to augment something. And they've gotten it down pretty quick. But when a human looks at another human, when mankind looks into the eyes of mankind, it's an emotional, spiritual, vibratory, instant um, recognition. It, like, like if we're looking at a family member or some familiar friend, or in many cases, a vibe reading where we're like, you seem interesting or you seem dangerous. And that all happens in our gut literally in an instant. And it probably happens even quicker than we can process it in our mind. Mm -hmm. So I see this whole digital recreation of this as close, but nowhere near, I should say closer than it's ever been, but nowhere near the human resolve. And when people witness this and learn this, and I, which I believe 2020 is, is, is causing, you know, it's basically forcing waking up, waking up that, that vibration inside Correct. here for people. Like, what is that? Yeah. Correct. And, you know, if all the rumors are true and these jib jabs are trying to actually hamper that in some sort of electrochemical way, seeing it for, for people who have received it versus people who haven't, like witnessing that change will already be enough to be like, okay. And that is why I believe they're rushing so quick because I don't think that it's money at all. And Oof, I think you just said something, I'm sorry to cut you off, but you just no said something way. amazing, which is like, Imagine, the, a, a, and it's not a, it's an unfortunate world or reality, but you walk up to someone and you can, without even asking a question, you'll immediately feel the disconnect because they, they, they're not connected to their bodies and that vibration anymore. And they really are just little, they're zombies at that point. Correct, at that point. And maybe their zombies become vessels for other spirits that actually are alive, but that are not friendly and are not your friend nor your cousin that you used to know. So there's all kinds, like... I get the impression that we might be headed in that direction, which is, again, why I decided to speak up about some of this stuff. But I just look at human humanity and I'm like, we don't hate each other. I don't believe all this hate. When I put my child next to another child who's white or black or Mexican or Chinese or any nationality, there's nothing in her that's like, oh, sorry, your skin is different than my skin. Now, right. I don't know colors yet. I know red, blue, and green, but I don't know, you know, uh, brown or chartreuse or any of these, like, nuanced <laughs> colors. And, but yet, therefore, I don't trust you because of X, Y, Z. They are sensing the humanity in this other child or an animal, for example. And they're in engaging with that. And I just, mm -hmm. I get the impression that that's what's really under assault. And the money is just for the middle players. The money is to, to keep To keep the, the enslavement. So that it's easier to indoctrinate. Exactly. And, and you're dealing with compartmentalization. You probably know this. Like, how many times have we heard, from example, the Manhattan Project? Well, we were working on this part of it. We had no clue what the other staff on the upside of the building was doing. 
both of y'all trying to kill all of Hiroshima and Nagasaki. Mm-hmm. Neither of y'all knew that y'all were doing that. Same, I'm sure, goes for pharmaceutical companies. And, mm-hmm. you know, you, if you're trying to take over the world, you really, it, you know, the strategy has been laid down where you really just have to concentrate on tricking isolated people at high levels in the in the ladder. And then eventually you run into the yes men who just do what they're told or a handful of brave independent thinkers who don't do what they're told and they're quickly fired and replaced people who do. But people often come to me and they're like, I can't fathom how such a large conspiracy could ever take place. And I'm always like, easy. It's real easy. I can fathom it like this. When you, when you have 30 zeros in your bank account, it's very easy. Very easy. <laughs> I can, it's if very I had, easy. I'd be like, man, I could, yeah, I could control the world at that point. I can make anything happen. So it's just been a whole, it's been a tremendous eye-opening experience. I find 2020, to, I don't think that last year was a bad year at all, particularly because I didn't walk around in fear all year. And I moved to a location that allowed me to just walk right up in the grocery store. And I, 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 I address that on, I, I take the lead on that conversation. Instead of cowering, it's, I have an advantage. I'm six foot seven. So I do walk in. I'm like, hey, how you doing? Hi there. All right. On my way. Like, I don't even <laughs> pay no, sir, do you have a mask? Huh? Keep walking, like nobody. And this pretty face? Nah, nah. I like. <laughs> I have a. I have a face. I. I, I don't need a mask. A mask? What is a mask? What is mask? You know, I, you can. I, I figured out a thousand different ways to skate around the, you know, the door clerks or whatever. But I get the impression that, like you said earlier, a fork is being being made. And I think that the reason that there's such a big rush is so that the amount of people who end up on the life side of that fork, as opposed to the zombie side of that fork, is in, in, in the overlord's mind as small as possible. Because I fully believe that they know they, they don't have everybody. They're just trying to mitigate losses and reduce mm-hmm. the amount of people that they don't have into their spell. And I think that um, silencing and all the censorship has to do more or less with a short season of just this, just just this situation here. Because keep in mind, this is like their one play. Imagine you're trying to take over the world, and at a certain point, you know, if I once we hit, once we hit action, there ain't no going back. There's not, there's no like four months in, but like ah, it's it's death, it's death if if it's if death. If, if, you, if something goes wrong. So it's really like they're they're literally fighting for life right now. Exactly, and. Yeah. The irony is that the life that they're fighting for is really death, and the life, (laughs) (laughs) the life we're fighting for is truly life. And like you said earlier, the vibration of truth and the resonance of life, the resonant frequency of life. No matter Gwen Towers, you can you can cause all this electromagnetic warfare our way. It won't work. Synthetic does not overtake organic. That's what Carrie Madey said that her professor Mm -hmm. said. Right? Synthetic does not. It's not more powerful. It's not better than natural. It's always atrophies and it's weaker. And they know this. And so they they scramble. And I mm-hmm. see them scrambling big time. And that's the only reason they have to delete. Like if, if what I'm saying is so crazy, just let me say just let me be crazy in the corner. You know what I'm saying? Why bring light why bring more awareness to it? Say that one more time? No, it's like, yeah, why, why um because you know I feel like what's happening now is counterintuitive for them where when they delete, it just makes it more focused on like why are they doing that? Why are why are they why are they stopping these people from speaking? 
this will have, we'll have to say this tangential conversation for a different live. But I remember one of the things that I read early into my research was a document. I think it's called the Wingmakers series. It was a, it was literally an interview between this one doctor who claimed to work for a secret part of the government. I'm not saying this is true. I'm just saying this is what he said. And he said that in this division, they work with others. And some of these others that, you know, it was like a subdivision of the NSA under NASA, because NASA is really at the top of it, but the NSA and all these things and the subdivisions branched out into this one division where he said, we're regularly interfacing with these things. He said, but what I noticed is that there are certain things that humans have that they don't have and other things that they have that humans don't have. So there's the symbiotic need not need, but like relationship or working relationship that's been fostered. And one of the examples he gave, which I'll never forget, was he said that, he said, they could learn your language within two weeks. You could see their emotional state by their skin hue in this one particular race of these others, according to this particular uh, interview. And then he goes, however, they have no uh, functional creativity. And he said, I define functional creativity by the ability to create a solution without a predefined answer. He's like, so if you give them a multiple choice, a simple logic problem, like take this block and stick it in the hole that actually is supposed to fit in, like a square, triangle, or circle. He said, as long as one of the 10 multiple choice answers are correct, they'll be able to work it out and figure out which one. He said, but if you ask them to like, maneuver around this obstacle or go over this thing and you haven't predefined the answer already they'll work for months and never figure it out and i remember being like interesting like i know exactly what you're talking about too i get it right wow. so this is why when i see their behavior like th it's things like that that i read and i don't necessarily believe or disbelieve them i just stick them in my back pocket i go that's what this guy said and maybe from his perspective he actually <laughs> Everything he's saying is exactly what's happening. But I go, this is why, you know, years later, I go, this is why I feel like their their behavior is really corny because they don't have creativity. It's like all they know is AI tells us that this guy said this word 10 times, so delete. That's, why, that's why they're pushing for AI. That's right. my theory. Because yeah. they can't, they don't have that ability. So they have to cr literally create something to help them through those obstacles. Right. Exactly. Yeah. And the AI, as you know, is built by the humans. And like anything built by humans, humans are adaptable. So if I'm playing a game of basketball and you set a full court press on me, I can figure out how to escape your full court press. Even if I've never escaped this particular full court press in the past, my ingenuity... Give me my... two or three times and I got gotcha. you. Exactly. And that's what I think is so unique about the human condition and the human resolve, the human spirit. Mm. that the others, be them reptile in nature or ethereal in nature, apparently, allegedly, don't possess. And to me, that was like, oh, cool, well, we got this. I, mean, I ain't even worried at this point. Mm -hmm. because if, if, all, if they're going to set up a zillion robots and all I have to do is creatively wiggle around them, I can create the day. That's like I got an abundance of the creator living and breathing through me. And I think all of us do. And that is what I believe is the hopeful silver lining despite the fact that we talking about passports and, you know 
all this other nonsense that's very sad and Orwellian. Yeah, and I mean, just to, just to, we, we can finish with this, just to add on to that, it feels like um, that's, that kind of goes with what I said earlier about the higher vibe or lower vibe. When you're in the high vibe, you're, you've, you've, you've purged, you've, you've um, created the sensitivity in your body to tap in to, you know, if you, if you look at quantum physics uh, with time and space, mm -hmm. that it doesn't really exist, like linear, the linear time that we experience is not real, it's actually, it's all happening at the same time. Mm -hmm. We're tapping into every possible reality, thus giving us that creativity. Right. Where if you're on the other end, and you're nothing but consuming, then you're dense. Yeah. You create density in the body, right? So that all you're feeling is the immediate body moment thing mm -hmm. without being able to tap into those sensitivities. Mm -hmm. So then, yeah, you can't, you're not creative. You're not going to yeah. be, be able to tap into all the possibilities that exist. You said it, brother. You, you nailed it with that because this whole, like, like density, right? The premise mm -hmm. of density, like there's no such thing that, you don't correlate density with the idea of rising. Density is all about sinking. Mm -hmm. Things that are more dense go this direction, always. Unless you're talking about this, in which case. <laughs> like <laughs> inward, right? Like, like into itself and, and Correct. compacted. Correct. Correct. As opposed to expanding. Right. And I believe that, um, I just know that everybody has a unique piece to this puzzle. Otto has a piece. Chris has a piece. Esai has a piece. Dr. Campbell has a piece, Dr. Carey has a piece, Dr. Judy has a piece. All these different people come together and just like our unique puzzle piece, life is this bigger jigsaw and we're interlocking pieces and we, you know, we get to explain and kind of um, uh, interact and converse about these things on technology. And this is why, like you said, I think yesterday, the tool is the tool. Technology is just technology. It's not good or bad. How it's used is the intent of the spirit driving the muscles in the, the person using it for the moment. Mm -hmm. But for as much as we can all talk about how technology is really becoming a problem in terms of how it's being used, it's still allowing us to learn. People who are commenting can all gain the awareness and the, um, the uh, what am I looking for? Like the the gumption to go and speak about this, share, even if it's just hitting a share button on a video to a friend that they might not have shared this with before, and that sparks someone thinking, this is the same technology that's also contact tracing and doing all this, the same platform. And so with that said, you know, I think you're doing such a great thing with just bringing light and love and kind of a new perspective to, to people, and I'm happy to meet you on this live and get the chat with you and just you know i thought that the one you did yesterday with uh brad was really cool and, and just hearing how mm, how everybody gets into this very different i've spoken with brad many times and how we've all taken different approaches right i didn't fall and knock a hole into my head for nine mm -hmm. months but he did right and mm -hmm. and i learned things from him because of that experience however many years ago and so with that, I just think we're in this beautiful place to create a lot of people in this side of the fork who were like, y'all, come on in the water. Fine. Let's go to the <laughs> Ranger Stadium and watch some baseball with them because nobody got to wear no mask. <laughs> oh, I appreciate the kind words, man. And, and ditto. Uh, right back at you. I mean, you're, you are, 
you are unique in your approach. And I think that in and of itself is important. And that should go out to everyone. Everyone, you guys have a unique perspective. And, and I am, I'm more than happy to connect with anybody watching because I, I want to grow. I want to learn what you've been through so that I can know how it can help me in my life. And, you know, and at the end of the day, we're all just learning on ourselves. You know, right. we're, we're going through this process of life ourselves and just taking in as it comes. Absolutely. And take, take what resonates, let go of the rest. If something doesn't resonate, go, oh, well, I don't like that thing. Right. Okay, yeah, don't exactly. take it. <laughs> exactly. Informed, personal, informed intent. Put it like that. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Well, brother, uh, this was amazing. This yeah. was, uh, I think we beat my record for, for longest live. <laughs> oh, Wonderful. Oh, I'm just getting mm. tired. I know. I, I had. I literally had five more questions uh, to go through, and then we didn't hit it. But that's fine. We can do another one. Um, I love like connecting. This. I'll leave that in your court. I. My wife will tell you. Chris can talk for seven straight hours. I pee beforehand. <laughs> my bladder is like a knot. I can keep going. We can end it and do another one. It's up to you. Yeah. No. Let's let's reconnect on another one. Um, okay. I like to keep them just. You know. To. I like I like the organic conversations because it, it time doesn't exist in those organic like peaceful go. good conversations yeah. so yeah. i didn't even notice that it was you know what is 90 minutes um, i didn't notice either yeah see uh but yeah let's let's do it again brother i yeah. really want to really want to keep this going keep this relationship this friendship this brotherhood going yeah. and, and when uh, i'm not expanding next time we'll catch up hit me up we're driving my wife's family lives uh, outside of phoenix okay and there is a very, uh, there's a good reason I've got to drive back out later this fall back to L.A. And so we'll probably will mosey through Arizona and spend some time there. So, And actually, I'm going to be, my girlfriend is from North Carolina. I'm going to be in uh, Hilton Head okay. in June. In June. Yeah. Yeah. I, was so just I don't know how close that is to Charleston. That's, that's yeah. close to Charleston, right? Well, Charleston's in South Carolina, but I'm in Charlotte, oh, North Carolina. But oh, Charlotte. Charlotte's at the very, very bottom of North Carolina, and we live at the very, very bottom of Charlotte. So I can hop in my car and in 30 seconds be in South Carolina, which is why the grocery store near me allows me to walk in because South Carolina don't have no mass men. <laughs> so awesome. Hilton Head's about an hour and a half or two drive. But okay. I don't mind me halfway or because something. as someone who also used to live in L.A., Driving from North Hollywood to Santa Monica was about an hour, half two <laughs> Literally, <laughs> east and west, uh, what is that, 10 miles? Yeah, 10 miles. Like an hour. It was 17 miles from my place in Valley Village, just uh, just north of Hollywood, uh, down to Santa Monica where I work. 17 miles, hour and a half every day, both of <laughs> each direction. In a put on, put too, on a brother. Uh -huh. I said, in a stick shift. My left calf oh, was this much gracious. bigger than my right calf because I was <laughs> on that clutch. I said, I'm getting an electric car, and I'm getting the heck up out of it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Well, I appreciate it again. Thank you for your time your energy. Thank you, everyone, for watching. Uh, yeah. I'll make sure to post this. And send me any links and stuff you want to put, and I'll post it together with the video. Yeah. Absolutely. Cool. All right. Love you guys. Bye. Love you, brother. Bye. Peace.